Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. And we're really happy to have Jason E. Dunn Sr., who is CEO of Black Meeting, uh, National Coalition of Black Meeting Professionals today. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Good morning. How are you? Very good. And uh, so you've, you've been leading the National Coalition of Black Meeting Professionals for uh, a little over a year now in November and I believe presided over the association's first annual in Atlanta in December. What has that journey been like and uh, and what can people expect in the next year? Yeah, so our 40th anniversary was last year and uh, it was a, um, it, 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 a, a magical, maybe a little more, uh, a little bit uh, dramatic, but it was a magical moment for us. Um, we uh, celebrated one of our founders whom is still with us and walking amongst us. Um, and welcomed uh, over um, more than 160 new uh, uh, people to the conference, which for us is, is, is a huge deal, uh, and, and really uh, spoke to the consciousness of why we were founded and uh, inspired people to continue on uh, the journey of uh, this great industry we call hospitality. And uh, we, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, you know, why, why were you founded and, and what is the um, mission of the association. Yeah, thanks. So we were founded February 23rd, uh, 1983. And we uh, there was a, a fam in Atlanta, Georgia, ironically, uh, that our uh, founders were attending. And they noticed uh, that there wasn't a lot of uh, African-Americans uh, working behind the uh, in the industry in, in Atlanta, whether the CVB or, or hotels. And so what they said was, we have to figure out, one, how to bring our business uh, to cities that understand and welcome uh, diversity, one. And then two, we need to ensure that we empower or encourage uh, suppliers um, on that side anyway, uh, to hire uh, persons of color uh, to make sure our people feel welcome, meaning our attendees of our organizations feel welcome in those cities. And so they had a conversation and they met. Um, they organized and they created uh, what is now, well, what was the National Coalition of Black Meeting Planners. And then we changed the name, I think in 2018, to Professionals. And our mission is to educate, empower, um, and advocate uh, for the needs of, of Black hospitality professionals and those who support diversity and equity in all things hospitality. And I'm guessing you were a member of the association for a while, uh, before yeah, so, uh, sorry, yeah, so, yes. yeah, so my first meeting was 2004. Um, I had just started at the convention bureau in Cincinnati and uh, we had just came off the heels of the unrest in Cincinnati. And um, I was uh, uh, on the other side uh, in the city um, kind of advocating and um, on, on, on the side of equity in the city, in Cincinnati rather. And then I um, was hired by the convention bureau to help bring um, uh, organizations to Cincinnati because during the boycotts of the city uh, during the unrest from 01 to 04, many of our organizations left who are our current members, the Urban League, um, Prince Hall Masons, and others uh, decided to part of Cincinnati. And so I was on that side saying don't come um, for, for different reasons. And, and Yeah, it's said, very ironic, right? I yeah, mean, it's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, and then the Bureau said, hey, uh, we need some help with getting local people to um, support national folks coming in because we are a relational industry. And then so uh, I was uh, uh, brought over and 
hired and uh and and the coalition was on on the target of getting people to come back and that actually was the the premise of me um becoming who i am today um this organization um filled that blank and uh we, well, you know, and you, you rose to, yeah and you rose to become the first black vice president of visit cincy correct um and uh and i guess on the dm dmo side for most of your career now you're leading a major association. What what has that journey been like, and, and how's it different? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So my mind has to shift now. Uh, on the supplier side, you know, it's a little interesting. Uh, more corporate, more kind of buttoned up and, and focused on um, numbers and uh, et cetera. On this side, it's more carrying the uh, the burden of the mission of the organization and, uh, and and ensuring that we are relevant and tied to the principles of which you were founded. And I think second, just shifting my mind from educating uh, our individual members and helping to lobby or empower what it really means to have a convention in the city and what that means uh, to a destination. And so it's been it's been um, a great experience. So to see both sides, uh, I really understand the power and the influence that we carry as an industry. And I, I hope that I can help yield that uh, with the uh, knowledge that I currently have and, and has been prepared. Uh, uh, for the last 18 years at the convention bureau when I was there. And, you know, and also uh, the power and influence that uh, African-American people have economically, right? And that's something I know that your association is out right in front and center um, to really let people know that the economic power that your community has. Yeah, yeah, you know, 120 uh 129 billion dollars is is what our uh, industry our, our uh, black meeting specifically bring and that that is I'm sure not the 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 highest number but that is what we have for the benchmark. Uh and that is in conventions and meetings and uh uh, uh leisure travel. And and what that means is that when we come to a destination because we are recession proof for one, so our groups have to meet because uh, they were founded on the principles of empowerment, encouraging and advocating uh, for, for policies and rights. And so uh, when we come to a city, you're correct. When those dollars come, they're usually coming on soft times for, for cities and during the times where um, hotels need us the most. And so we spend the dollars, those dollars recycle throughout the communities, whether that's jobs, uh, whether that's uh, uh, infrastructure um, for tax dollars that support police, fire, uh, trash, and, um, and economic development. And we yield those and leverage that uh, to the to the uh, to, to the power of our missions for what you were created to do, and so when we go to cities, we try to leave legacies. We try to empower our local chapters, local churches, um, and local affiliates who represent our national bodies, and and that's what we are educating our our meeting professionals to do. At the same time, we're empowering suppliers who are our members and saying that the ROI is here, but you have to invest in NCBMP because we do business with our friends, and 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 that is what we live by. That's our creed, and uh, that's what uh, has gotten us here for the last forty one years. And I know, you know, a person in your position is involved in, uh, you know, like you said, creating or keeping that economic engine going. Um, but you have been, I guess, on the other side when you're when you started out um, leading, actually, or, or being part of a boycott of Cincinnati because of the situation at that time. Right now in Florida, the NAACP has an advisory, and I, I guess that's still in effect. Correct. How, what are you, what are your perspectives on that? And, um, and I'm sort of one uh, that, uh, you know, does believe that you need to uh, express, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, vote with your feet, or I don't know what the saying is. Um, don't spend your money where 
where people aren't uh, are are discriminating against you. I guess. Yes, understood. Though. I got you. So you know, we believe that travel is deeply personal. Yeah. Travel is deeply personal, right? And so we, you know, like you asked me what it felt like being on this side. On this side, uh, on the association um, executive, we have members and suppliers, suppliers and associations. And so on the other side, when I was in Cincinnati and wasn't necessarily at the bureau yet, I would say, you know, you would shut a city down to get it is get what you need um, or find equity or mutual ways to move forward. I think on this side, you know, we have members who are in Florida um, and frankly have done a great job within their convention bureaus of advocating for equity and, and, and frankly um, doing good, good work as it relates to the multicultural efforts. Uh, and then we have associations whose missions will not allow them to go to destinations who have policies that directly impact their members and or go against why they were created. And so, you know, we got to find a balance between the two. And what we found between the two is, yes, to stick to our moral principles of supporting those who support us. But at the same time, how do we ensure that the ones um, whom are just casualties in this war are not being impacted, who are our friends? And so we've been specific and intentional about telling uh, organizations, if you're going to go to Florida, um, then make sure that the monies that you are spending are intentionally going to the communities which you represent and that those who are advocating on equity for you and be certain um, that you're setting up, whether it's food trucks within a destination, whether you're spending money with the African-American Chamber of Commerce or the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and those members who represent them and or you're advocating for change or policies with any actual convention bureau or hotel community, right? But at the same time, if your moral principle or moral compass as an association would not allow you to go, then you have to do what you have to do. Uh, but we have been trying to hold, hold hands with both sides um, but also know that people have to make decisions that are best for their membership and we'll do and we'll do that at the end of the day. And I know as a former bureau person, you know, I go to all the industry events and the bureau people do not like the statewide sort of uh, discriminatory policies. And they're, you know, a lot of times they actively will speak out against it or uh, try to let people know that they're an inclusive environment. Yeah, and, and so, but here's the difference with that. You can't just do it when the heat is on. Yeah. And we've told CVBs that is, and, and hoteliers, it's cool to do it while the cameras are there, but when the cameras are off, are you sustaining those efforts and does your words align with your work? And if you're just doing that now because you're getting heat, then it's hard for you to have credibility and folks support you. But if you're going and you're doing that and your board reflects that, your hiring reflects that, your procurement policies reflect that, then you, you're correct. People will support you because they know your heart and you're authentic and you have credibility. But if you just Johnny come lately, then it's a little difficult for people to, to take you serious. And, and we have said that from the highest hills to the lowest valley, um, that you have to be consistent, you have to be authentic, and uh, we do business with our friends. And, um, and that's kind of how we've been, been, been moving and uh, it's been successful for us. And that model has uh, allowed us to, to expand and people uh, see for who we are. And that is an organization with business, organization with integrity, an organization with authentic uh, needs and measures and friends. And you know, one topic I've been writing about lately is supplier diversity and you know, any sort of meeting coming into any destination and the importance of making sure all people in the community have a, a kind of an interest in the economic uh, slice of the economic pie that comes in. What are your perspectives on that? And um, you know, what do you tell your members or what, what is your advice for 
just meeting planners out there who go to any city, what can they do to make sure that the money they're bringing in isn't just kind of going to the usual places and can impact the community and the economic engine of the community? Yeah, so again, I, I'm glad you asked this question. I'm extremely passionate about it. And what, again, I we tell our members, and I say we meaning the board, per what we create, our founders, et cetera, tourism, travel is extremely intimate. It's extremely personal, right? And so you should make the decisions as you were at your home. If you are bringing in, let's just say a convention is bringing in $16 million, that's your money. And so you have the right to tell where it's going to go. You have the right to ask the convention bureau, where are the uh, uh, companies who reflect my demographics? You have the right to ask the city uh, to, to arrange um, engagement for you with businesses that reflect uh, your, your moral compass and why you were created. And so I believe, uh, and I've in a lot of cyber convention bureau, I made sure that the communities that we represent, I matched them up with national associations and contracts were, were, were set up. There was processes with uh, uh, member members of CVBs or communities um, who needed to benefit from the community, that came, the commission that came in, and we set up processes. And then the planning organizations, um, they went through their internal process, and we made sure that there were legacy contracts left into the city, uh, that they were uh, highlighted, they had the opportunity to be to be uh, to do the work, and we broke it down. If it was too big of a contract for folks, we broke it down. So everybody can get a piece of the pie. And so I am an advocate of that. And I would tell bureaus and I would tell associations, it's not difficult. You have to make that decision. Uh, it's, it's an intentional decision. It's an emotional decision. And it is a moral decision. And you should do that based upon why you were created, what are the principles for your pillars that stand you up as an organization. And then it's just the right thing to do. And so um, I'm an advocate for that. And uh, we would more than be happy to help folks who who don't know how to do that, uh, show them how to. And, uh, you know, and it, does this, is this something that you believe will be part of the landscape moving forward? I mean, I tend to think, especially the younger generation, this is very important to them. And so do you think, you know, especially like supplier diversity and the emphasis on DEIAB is something that is a permanent part of the meetings and events landscape? Um, like the sustainability, things like that moving forward? Yeah, I, so unfortunately, uh, I, I'm, I believe that there are some associations and uh, suppliers um, that have taken this to heart. And uh, regardless of, of the political climate now, uh, we'll fight through it. But I do believe that there are some uh, who will run from the heat and will not be able to sustain it past the cameras only because not because they're inter um not because it's not it's not the right thing to do but they don't necessarily believe it and they're not getting pressure from their local or state communities uh to 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 uh, to to sustain it and so unfortunately in our current society it's going to take people standing up in the boardroom asking questions it's going to take deliberate conversations and accountability and scorecards to ensure that people are doing the work and sustaining it. Uh, and, and I believe over time, because demographics are changing, you're either going to have to adjust or be left behind. And I think, unfortunately, some folks are okay with being left behind um, and they'll just see the world change in front of them. And, um, and so, so, so prayerfully, they'll come around. Uh, but sadly, I, I, I don't think that everybody is going to, 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 um, uh, uh, to keep up with the current, current um, uh, right thing to do. 
Uh, but, I, but I hope that changes and maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong in the future. Hope we come back next year or five years from now and I was wrong. I, you know, I, I, I definitely think just talking with young people who out in the industry and who work for me, it's like they're always interested in this uh, as a foundational aspect of, of both the industry and the way they they live their lives. So I, I guess I'm a glass is half full kind of guy right now. Hey, that's and, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm with that. And uh, I am a halfway full guy, too, and hopefully. Uh, we're, we're, we're both right and uh, wrong at the same time. How about that? <laughs> and uh, before we end it, um, how sure. about the industry pipeline? Um, and I mean, just young people in general, it's, uh, it's a hard, t- almost a hard sell convincing them to get in the hospitality industry. And I think both of us have been in it for so long and we love the relationships we made, the the lifestyle, the, the traveling, the meeting, all sorts of new people. How do we, communicate to young people um you know black people uh, white people uh, hispanic people asian anyone why this industry is is a viable career option yeah so i think uh that's, i'm thanks for the question and so i think one is we have to change regardless of your color ethnicity or gender we have to change the narrative of what hospitality is many folks um see hospitality and there's nothing wrong with these jobs by the way but many folks just see hospitality as answering the phone, which is nothing wrong with that, um, a cleaning and cooking um, yeah. or, or, or catering. And, and that's the extent. They don't understand that we cross the, the GDP lines from finance to marketing to um, engineering, uh, 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 food and beverage. Um, uh, I mean, alcohol sales, sales, accounting. I mean, we, we are in every industry. So we have to do a better job of creating the narrative of who we are um, what we do and the, the lucrative, lucrative, sorry, lucrative, <laughs> lucrative um, opportunities in the industry, and I think that that is a a, a issue uh, industry wide, not just a black or white or or, 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 or gender issue. Um, and I think at some point uh, there's going to have to be a reckoning uh, where we all who are comfortable in this in this industry have to go out and recruit folks uh, that comes with all our brilliant minds in marketing and branding. We have to come together and and brand the industry and what that means and just get in front of folks on, on universities, high schools um, and engage. And I think some of that is work is being done now, but we need more of it. Well, great. Thanks for joining us today, Jason. I appreciate you, man. Always a good friend. And uh, I, I wish you much success. And thank you for supporting us all these years. Oh, yeah, you got it. Likewise. I appreciate it. Um, that was Jason E. Dunn, Senior CEO of the National Coalition of Black Meeting Professionals. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. And if you are interested in more Meetings Today podcasts with industry thought leaders, just head on over to meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast section for a variety of programming that I'm sure you'll enjoy. So um, no matter what you're up to with the rest of the day, go out and make it great. And thanks for joining us.